Amanda and her husband, Pat, uh, the executive pastors down at C3 Church, Bridgman Downs, that, uh, not Bridgman Downs, Oxford Falls. That's Pastor Phil Pringle's church. They've been there for 30 years. You don't look old enough to have been there for 30 years. Hey, but their executive pastors, they oversee all of their locations, stacks of different locations. They have, over the years, they've been members of the global executive team for C3 Church over in Africa. Over 130 C3 churches in Africa that her and Pat oversee, which is pretty amazing. And that, that, that's super cool. So they're doing all these different things, speaking. They run conferences over in Africa and oversee that. And... Th- it's awesome. Actually, um, Pat was saying this morning, our church actually sponsored a, a course over there called Express 2.0, and our church put it on for 30 young African leaders to go and receive training. So churches are getting planted out of that, and that's so super awesome as a church to be able to do that, right, and sow seed overseas. But Amanda also ran a training session with, for our freedom team yesterday. So freedom is getting freedom and being set free from things, but it's being set free into things. And look, we had 50 people here yesterday getting trained in freedom by Amanda. It was super amazing. So many good reports of yesterday. And you know what? We want to cut her loose tonight. She's going to minister in the Holy Spirit. She's going to speak to us. Hey, why don't we all stand up? Let's honor her and give her a warm Kiwana Waters welcome tonight. Well, good evening, C3 Kiwana Waters. Just remain standing with me for a moment. Let me just cast my eyes across the cross and say hello to you all. You know, it's such a, a, a joy to be here. Um, Pat was sharing this morning that I think it was 15 years since we were last with you as a church. And uh, it brings us great delight to be here. My husband has already flown home this afternoon, so um, I'm here on my own, which is why you might be wondering, where is that Pat? Who is that Pat? Well, he's he's on a jet plane back home, but uh, he had fun this morning. And I just want to, um, I know John and Danielle are all the way down in Canberra, but I want to salute them and just send my love to them and to say thank you to them for the kind invitation to come to your church. We've been doing a lot of social media together over the last night. And, and this morning, and I said in some Instagram somewhere, I said, I'll just love on your church for you while you're not here. So here I am. I'm here to love on you while your pastors are somewhere else. Just keep standing for a moment. This is the last Sunday night in October. And you have been this month doing the month of miracles and I'm going to be speaking into this topic tonight I think if you've been doing a whole month we need to finish on the miraculous I don't know how many of you years ago saw the movie Peter Pan it's a whimsical movie light-hearted fun There's a scene in there that really captured my heart. And please hear me, I'm not into new age, but it just captured my heart. And there's this little scene that says, I believe in fairies. I do, I do. Does anyone know this scene? I believe in fairies, I do. Well, I was thinking about that this afternoon. And I don't know if you ever change songs or change lyrics, but I'm going to change the lyrics today and go... 
I believe in miracles. I do. I do. And in this beautiful scene, it starts with a whisper. I believe in fairies. I do. I do. And then it goes up. I believe in fairies. I do. I do. Now you've got to catch it. Say it. Can we have this on? I believe in fairies. I do. Jeremy, big voice. I believe in fairies. Now we're going to absolutely change it. I believe in miracles. I do. I do. Bruce, Matt, let's start with a whisper all across. I believe in miracles. I do. I do. If we've been doing a whole month of miracles, I want to ask you, do you believe in miracles? Because there's parts of the church that no longer believe in miracles. I think, my goodness. If we don't believe in a miracle-working God, it's a sad day. If Jesus did miracles when he was here on earth, and my Bible, Old Testament to New Testament, is full of miracles, full of the miraculous hand of the power of God, we need to declare. You know what preaching actually means? It means to declare. So I'm going to declare tonight, I believe in miracles. I do. I do. What do you reckon, church? Can you say it with me? I. One more time from the, the, the guts of your being. You ready? Miracles. I do. I do. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord God, for your hand working today. I thank you for the miraculous hand and the power of God to move. I thank you for the heart of the miraculous. I thank you, God, even right now you'll be stirring faith, stirring faith, stirring faith amongst us today as a people. Lord God, let our eyes see bigger this night. You know, to see a miracle, you need to see God. You need to see the bigness of God. You need to see the heart of God. Let's just as we've got our eyes closed today. I thank you, Lord God, for your power, for your love. Mighty God. You know, just as in worship, I saw a few people I just want to give a word to. I don't know you gentlemen here, but the Holy Spirit captured, just made me look at you. And... I don't know if you know Psalm 139, but it is one for you to go home and read. And the Lord would say to you, he knows you. He knows you. He knows you. He knows you. There is nothing you have from the very beginning of when you were born, he knows you. Before that, he knew you. You cannot do anything without him knowing you. And it talks about how, how can you flee from his presence? I feel like there's times where you've run from God. But you haven't run from him because he still knows you. He knows you. And he's got his eyes on you. That's what the Lord said for me to tell you. He's got his eyes on you. Sandra and Shorty, this morning, maybe just come out. I just want to prophesy over you guys. I just, as you 
as you did your uh, worship, meeting leading this morning, I saw the word overcomer on you guys as a family. I don't know what you've been through. I have no idea your past. But I feel like as a couple, as a family, you have overcome things. And that you are, you are just strong because of, of trials that you have overcome. And I was reminded of um, passage in 2 Timothy chapter 1 where it talks about in Timothy he caught things from his grandmother. He caught a spirit of faith. And I see that the things that are, are on the inside of you, there's a spirit of faith. There's a spirit of an overcomer in you. And it's, it's actually bringing a whole legacy. I feel like you've caught something from someone, but it's going to be in your kids. Thank you, Jesus, for this spirit, Lord God, a spirit of faith. And it won't just be in your family, but it'll be in those that you disciple. I thank you. You know, you can impart this spirit. So when people are going through a tough time, you can actually impart faith into them. Lay hands on them and you will see people as overcomers as well. Where's my book? Jeremy, can you give me my book? Shekinah, just come out here. This is for you. And um, I just, I see you, you know, I was thinking of your name just as we were in worship. That means the glory of God. And often we think of the glory of God as light. But I want to say to you, you're a woman of authority. You know, glory actually means weight. It means substance. And I see, I see you preaching. I see the glory of the Lord coming out of your mouth with authority. And Lord God, I just place in her, Lord God, that revelation knowledge to come out of her spirit. There's a couple up here. Where are you? There's a couple. You two. Black t-shirt. Yeah, you were holding arms before. You a couple? Yeah, I saw you guys. Just come out here. Once again, the Holy Spirit just kind of went, pray for them. I feel like the Lord's at your door and he's knocking as a couple. I feel like there's this potential and there's this preparation time in you guys that he's standing before you and asking. He's actually going to ask something of you. And it's a time where you're going to have to consider the cost of the call, the cost of an ask, where God is actually calling you to rise. I feel like it's going to be a, 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 a place of responsibility here in the church. Uh, um, don't think here, just think here to begin with. And you've got to say, there's going to be an ask and you're going to count the cost. And I would say, rise, rise at this time. Do not shrink back. Do not shrink back. And together you're going to blossom, okay? It's a time of preparation. Father, I thank you for this couple. I thank you, Lord, that there's so much. I just feel like there's so much in you guys. There's influence and leadership, and it's just in bud formation. And it's wanting to, God is wanting to, you to, to burst forth. But there's a, I feel like there's hesitation in you, both from a cost and also a confidence. But God would say, step out, step into it. Let's give the Lord a hand tonight. Beautiful. Fantastic. Well, musicians, I, I suitably dismiss you. You can uh, grab a seat. And please, the rest of us, uh, grab a seat. I better not sit down. It's a bit hard to preach sitting down. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, I'm excited about the word that I have to share with you all today. Uh, I'm speaking out of Luke 11.
And I'm going to be sharing just a few verses, but there's a passage here for 13 verses, and it's on prayer. Whole 13 verses worth. Now, I'm just going to do a little chunk of about three in the middle, but I want to share with you what's on either side of those three verses. And it's all on prayer. And it talks about the what, the why, and the how of prayer. And I'd encourage you to go home tonight and read Luke 11 and and what Jesus says about prayer. But the first portion of this passage, the first four verses, actually is the Lord's Prayer. And that's the what. How It's how we can pray. It's our Father who art in heaven. It gives us like a formula to pray. Then we go to the last portion of the passage on prayer, and it talks about why we can pray. And pretty well it says, see your Father in heaven as a beautiful, loving Father who desires to give good gifts to his children. How good is that? Why can we pray? Because God wants to give his sons and his daughters good gifts. If we're going to ask for something as if he's not going to give it to us because he loves us. And in the middle, it talks about how we can pray. And it says this, and I'm sure many of you here will know it. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Sometimes we have to be reminded of simple truths. That prayer is all about asking. And there's a scripture later in James that says, you have not because you ask not. Sometimes we don't need to hear complex preaching. I have not got a complex message tonight. Who's glad about that? Sunday evening. (laughs) It's a simple message. And it's about asking. Because sometimes you don't have things because why? We don't ask. Sometimes we put up with things in our life. Sometimes you don't have that miracle. Why? Simply because you have not asked. This scripture says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. So Jesus teaches this principle of ask, seek, knock to his disciples. And then he gives a story or a parable to capture this principle. So we're going to read this story together and I'm going to preach out of this tonight. And it's in verse 5 to 8. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are in bed and I can't get up and give you anything. I can imagine saying that myself. (laughs) If someone came knocking at my door at midnight. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, He will surely get up and give you as much as you need. When I read this recently, I was captured by those two words, shameless 
audacity. And my preach tonight, I have titled The Audacious Ask. The Audacious Ask. Now, sometimes when I preach, I look at different versions of the same verse in different Bibles. And there was different words used in different Bibles for this shameless audacity. Just say that with me, shameless audacity. You can't say it softly, can you? Shameless. It's got a, it's got an attitude to it. It's got a about it. Shameless audacity. Well, one version used the word persistent prayer or persistently asking. And when you look up the word persistent, it means to keep asking, to not give up, to keep pressing in. And I would say to each of us tonight, we need to be persistent in our prayers. But I don't think persistence is quite where this word is leaning towards. So then I looked at some other versions and it used the word importune. Now I can't hardly even pronounce that, but here we go, importune. I'm not sure if your version says that, anyone's version says importune. Well, I had to look up the word importune and it means it's to harass with annoying persistence. So it's, can you see these words? They're just going a little bit. So persistence is pushing, but now importune is pushing to, to the point where you're annoying. Annoying. And then I found in a different version, it uses this word, impudence. Now that was another word I had to look up in the dictionary. <laughs> Impudent means to be offensively bold and rude. Now, this is not a nice ask. This is not even an ask where you just kind of keep going and asking. This is actually a really pushy, annoying, keep going, bold, rude ask. And if you look up the word audacity and, sh and put the word shameless audacity with it, this is what it looks like. When you are shamely audacious, you do not do things that are conventional, decent or appropriate. You do not follow traditional um, social norms, but you are unrestrained, reckless and daringly bold. And if I was to sum up what I think shameless audacity is, it's asking with brazen boldness. Now, the interesting thing is that these are Jesus' words about how we should ask. Sometimes I think we're too polite. Sometimes we sit back too much and not are bold enough to our God to ask. And I actually want to say tonight that God loves audacious asks. He loves, he actually is attracted to them. I think his radar goes, oh, there's a shameless audacious ask. And so I want to ask you tonight, is there something you need to shamelessly, audaciously ask God for? And a shameless, audacious ask starts in the heart. It starts with audacious faith. It starts with 
maybe an audacious thought. What if? Maybe that. Wow. Could God do that? Is that possible for God? It starts on the inside. To prepare for tonight, I did a little study on miracles. And I looked at all the miracles of Jesus. And I discovered that Jesus did 36 recorded miracles, like with stories around them, in the Gospels. 36. Now, that doesn't include where it says he healed all, (laughs) because that's like, well, that's countless. But there are 36 stories of miracles. Nine of these miracles are with nature or the physical, like when he turned water into wine, when he calms the storm, when he feeds the 5,000, when he speaks to the fig tree and it withers. 27 of the miracles are with people. He raised three people from the dead. He, set, he delivered seven people from evil spirits and he healed miraculously 17 people. Miracles can happen in all different areas of your life. I think often we just put miracle with healing. But I want to say tonight, we can put the word miracle with a whole lot of things in our life. So sometimes we need to think bigger. Hey, I need a miracle with my finances. I need a miracle in that relationship. I need a miracle in different areas of my life. The other thing that I thought when I thought about miracles was the word collision. A collision. And it made me think when I was in high school, when, I don't know if you guys did this when you were in high school, but you did the little science experiments and you made things bubble and boil. And, uh, you know, you've got your beaker and you've got something in the beaker and you put something else in and you goes, woo, froth, like that, like a volcano. Who, who, who can remember doing that? And if you're a scientist, you may be doing it all the time. But, um, and because Pat's a scientist, I actually asked him this afternoon, what was it that we were putting in what? <laughs> he said, well, if you put copper in acid, it results in like that volcano effect. And then if you put water into dry ice, it has the same thing. And I thought that to me is what a miracle is all about. It's when you put some elements together and there's a collision of these elements and you get the supernatural power of God bringing a miracle. So what are the elements that you need to make this supernatural miracle take place? What are the elements? I believe it starts with audacious faith, which will result in an audacious ask, which might then require you to do an audacious act. It's not sometimes just the ask, it's the act. Sometimes God will require you to do something to work out the miracle. An audacious faith will activate the miracle, but you then sometimes need to work the miracle, which is the asking and the acting. And I think sometimes miracles don't happen because we stop too soon. Because sometimes Jesus said, go down, you know, he put mud in people's eyes. Like who wants mud in your eyes to get your miracle? Or crawl down to the pool and jump in and then you'll get your miracle. 
Sometimes we actually have to work, work something out and be prepared sometimes to look stupid or to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. Audacious faith. Say it with me, audacious faith. And so we have a collision of different elements. The first one, to me, it's when something in us as a human collides with something of God, the two come together and we have a supernatural miracle. What is it in God that collides with our faith? It's his love and his power. David in Psalm 62 says, Two things I know of you, Lord. You are powerful and you are loving. And on a few occasions in the Gospels, the people who got the miracle called out and said, Lord, have mercy on me. They called out to the love of, of the Father, the love of Jesus to come into their life and to bring that miracle. And so if you are wanting a miracle here tonight, know that there's a few elements that need to collide together for the supernatural to happen. It's your faith with God's power and God's love colliding together to bring something special. You know, I had a little think about some of the different miracles that Jesus actually did that collided those three things, faith, love, and God's power together. There was a leader and his daughter had died and he came to Jesus and says, my daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. That was an audacious ask. The daughter rose from the dead. The woman with the issue of blood, a woman with a gynecological, oh, I can't say that word, a gynec problem. I can say that word. 12 years. And for the women here, we all go, sad, bad day, too long. She had an audacious thought. She thought, if only I could touch his cloak. Just an audacious thought. If only. She didn't even get to ask, but she had an audacious thought. Her audacious thought then made her do an audacious act. If only I could touch his cloak. And she went and touched his cloak. Jesus turns around and says, wow, power has come out of me. She pulled out the power of Christ because of her faith. An audacious act. Peter saw Jesus walking on the water. It wasn't just Peter in that boat. It was all the disciples in that boat. It was Peter who audaciously asked, if it's you, Christ, call me out to come. Jesus says, come. And Peter did a miracle. <laughs> then we've got the four friends who had a paralysed friend. They, they didn't get to ask Jesus either because they couldn't get near him. 
but they did an audacious act. They said, well, we can't get in the house. We're going to go up and over and through the house. My goodness, imagine that. How annoyed would you be if that was your house? <laughs> Crack, pulled the tile. I don't know if they had tiles, thatch, whatever it is. Probably all this dust coming down, maybe a rat or two. Probably. Been in African houses where there's rats in the thatches. An audacious act. There's been a few times where I've done an audacious ask to God. I remember when we bought our first house, or actually it was a flat, an apartment. We gathered all the money we could get. Who knows that feeling when you buy your first property? We gathered it all. We borrowed some from both sides of parents. We had just enough. And then we forgot all about stamp duty. It just was not even on our radar. It was like, oh, no, we didn't need another $15,000 for stamp duty. It was like, we don't have it. Bank wouldn't lend us anymore. We'd maxed our parents' blessings. And I was like, where do we go? I got this gift of faith on the inside of me. I'm going to ask the government to allow us to pay it off over time. I wrote this letter. I just had this audacious faith and I did an audacious ask to the government. <laughs> and I said, Lord, bless this. We got a letter back saying, we release you of paying for it now. What audacious ask do you need to do? At one conference, actually an Australian conference, many, it was quite a long time ago, but I was, it was, the presence of God was in this meeting. And I was in worship and I audaciously asked God to show me something. You can, you can tap into heavenly, supernatural, just because you ask. God, show me something. And I actually asked him to show me something about the nations. Because Pat and I had just been prophesied over that the college students would that we were overseeing would go out to the nations. And I said, God, show me something about the nations. I was caught up in a vision into heaven and I saw the nations coming before God. I was in this vision for a couple of hours. I went to bed. I was still in this vision. The only reason I got it was because I audaciously asked. What do you need to audaciously ask God for? Let's read Luke 18. 35 to 43. This is one of the miracles that Jesus did. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. I love this. He called out, Jesus! I can't imagine him doing it quietly. Jesus, son of David. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I love this. He's calling out to God's love and compassion and mercy. Have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. You can just picture it, can't you? This guy over here is blind. He's probably sat in the same place for year after year. And then Jesus is walking by. It's probably so much gossip. Oh, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. He's walking by and wow, wow. And, and he's yelling out at the top of his head. I call that audacious. Yeah. 
He didn't care a stuff about what people thought of him. Sometimes we have to go beyond what other people think. (laughs) Don't fear man, fear God. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Do you think it would have been pretty done obvious? He's blind. Just picture Jesus talking to a blind man. He's calling out for mercy. Brings him to Jesus, and Jesus, he he had he asked an audacious question. What do you want me to do for you? It's pretty obvious, you think. But there is the power in Jesus drawing it out of him because he had to, he actually had to speak out what he wanted Jesus to do for him. And in a very simple statement, he said, Lord, I want to see. Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. I love this story. What do you want me to do for you? 